Welcome to the Europe is Coming podcast, taking you inside the minds of Europe's best CrossFit athletes and the people behind them. Hey everyone, this is the Europe is Coming podcast. Welcome back. My name is Vicky McLeod. I don't know about you, but I am missing the summer right now and I am feeling very jealous of all the lucky people getting to hang out at Waterpalooza in Miami. In this episode, the programme coach John Singleton and I chat about his predictions for the event and he drops a few dark horses into the mix. So let's get to it. Hey John, how are you? I'm very well, Vicky. How are you? I'm cold and I wish I was in Miami. Well, you know, I, I don't like lots of people, but I, I do feel your your FOMO a little as well. You know, I um, I think I think you know, basically everyone <laughs> everyone's going to be there. So. It does look like a gigantic party. Yes, well, that's how it's, you know it is the the fitness festival. You know, it is like uh, the Glastonbury of CrossFit, I suppose. Oh, you've just said the two magic words in one sentence, but you've never been. You said. I've been to Glastonbury, but I've never been to uh, Waterpalooza. <laughs> when I was speaking to Josie the other day, he told me that it was really stressful to work there because it's such a big site. So I imagine it would be the same thing if you were a coach working there. Yeah, also, you know, it's um, it's more about the festival side than the performance side, so... You know, like, for example, the from the kind of elite athlete side, the athletes often get staged for ages. They, it's really hard to communicate, appeals, these things. So there's just so much going on that, I, you know, I'd prefer just to be there, but not necessarily as a coach in that environment, just because it's uh, a bit chaos. What do you mean by staged? Uh, yeah, basically, from the time you get called uh, after warm-up to the time you walk onto the competition floor, you know, it has a big effect like at the games you know sometimes they can be staged like half an hour so it kind of negates any proper warm-up yeah that is tough you're just going in cold yeah 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 it's uh, you know but, and, but it kind of goes off topic but yes yeah, sometimes they've staged that it's like for example at the cyclocross at the games one year they um they took all athletes basically off in a van <laughs> but it was kind of funny they didn't have no need to go in a van because the event was like 500 what 400 meters walk but they took them all in a van, kept them all in the van until they, they went. But, you know, so yeah, staging. Like a pen? Basically, yeah. So staging can be a, a factor for, for events. I wonder how many competitions are won and lost in the staging area. It must affect the mindset for the athletes. Yeah, 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 I don't disagree. And, and, yeah, but also, like, phys- physiological point of view of... Um, Obviously, it's more advantageous to go out optimally warmed up rather than having to wait. And, you know, obviously, if you've got to lift weights after waiting, that can be a big effect as well. So so all all these factors, you know, the top end play make a big difference. Let's talk about the workouts. So we have the MIA, M-I-A, bar complex, which is for time, three hand cleans, three front squats, three shoulders to overhead, two hand cleans, two front squats, two shoulders to overhead, 
One hand clean, one front squat, one shoulder to overhead. It looks like it gets pretty heavy for both the guys and the girls, and the time cap is only five minutes. So basically, you know, it's a, a strong, strong girl or guy workout. Like the one of the key differences is going to be: can you power the barbell in a clean? Because the squat's going to take longer. Um, so the people who get through power are going to save a lot of time. Um, but you've got to fancy someone like Danny Spiegel on this uh, from our side, you know, just strong, quick, move the barbell and done. And the guys? Uh, Guy, probably. No Europeans you've got your eye on? I guess there aren't many going. Yeah, the, the field's quite interesting. Um so we made as athletes a decision, or as athletes, kind of as a, a group to go Dubai, uh, not what a blueser. But ironically, loads of people cancelled from Dubai because we thought we were going to what a blueser. But um, I would actually say the kind of top end elite depth is not there. Um, you know, it's, it's not a stacked individual field at what a blues. There's some good athletes, but it's not stacked. Where, you know, whereas, you know, the teams of three <laughs> is probably more more stacks than the uh, individual side. So, you know, it, it's going to be, uh, it, you know, it, obviously podium at that level is not easy, but it's not necessarily the hardest off-season we have uh, seen. It's a good opportunity for up-and-coming athletes to make a name for themselves. I, I would agree. I would agree. I mean, I think that's something we should probably talk about is like potential um, podium contenders um as well but yes I, I think it's a good opportunity for some unknown names to make uh, a bit of an unknown name to make a name for themselves basically and the next one we've got on the list is the bayside chipper this is for time 48 box jump overs 24 double kettlebell front rack box step overs eight rope climbs 24 burpee box jump overs and 48 kettlebell deadlifts uh, just pack them into 10 minutes. Nothing. Should be no problem at all. Yeah, well, you know, at this level, it's not going to be too bad. You know, they'll move through this quite quickly. So I'm actually going to favour any taller athletes on this because the box jump over, the box step overs make a difference being a bit taller and then also the rope climbs. So actually, I'd say the, the kind of taller athlete in the field, I, he's not there, but this would be something like a Fikowski kind of thing, uh, doing well. This being said, you do have to be a bit stronger uh, moving through. So it's still, it's still kind of a, a power output, uh, strong person workout because they added in the front rack step overs. But, but I'm actually going to say that your height matters in this. So next up, they've got Flipped Off, which is four rounds for time, uh, a buy-in of 75 heavy double-unders and 25 med ball GHDs. And then in the remaining time for each round, it's flip sled flips. That's hard to say. And then they have uh, one minute rest between the rounds, a time cap of 16 minutes. You know, did Dubai, uh, Dubai, sorry, Water Blues does have a bit of like a heavy, quick workout theme and that's had it in its history. So it's not surprising to see these type of workouts. But, um, you know, again, you've got to favour a strong athlete. Like the 75 heavy dubs, um, they take time a little, but uh, they shouldn't be too challenging. 25 medals, again, 
uh, not super challenging for the athlete. So it's going to be how many times you can get that pig over and therefore you go back, hey, who's the strongest athlete that we have out there who can, can shift some weight? How's it going to work? So it's for time three, 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 four minute rounds. Yeah, so it's this interval actually that they used at the games. Basically, you've got three minutes of work, um, three times, and then one four minute of work. And you've got one minute rest in between. And basically, you do the buy-in of 75 double-unders, 25 medball GHDs, and then in your remaining time, you do um, a pig flip. Then they've got row, swim, run, which is a two and a half K row for the guys, a two K row for the girls, a 250 meter swim, and then a two K run, the time cap of 30 minutes. I wonder how Patrick Vellner is going to cope with this. Yeah, honestly, I don't know how much the swim, but often the distances, again, have not been super long. We'll see how long that swim is. Um, you know, a 2K row, it's hard to buy yourself uh, at this level much time on the row. So uh, the swim is going to be a factor, but I actually think that a lot of time, there'll be a lot of um, time gained on the run, on the 2K row. So it's going to be one on the run. I, I would say so, unless, you know, the row is going to be hard to, to really gain significant time. The swim, you will be, you know, you're a good swimmer, you will gain significant time. Um, uh, but I think a lot of it is actually going to come down to that last run. Who are you going for this one? I've got my eye on Emily Rolfe. Yeah, so if we have a little look through Emily Rolfe, yes. Um, Emma Tull, actually, she was, a, she was an ex-swimmer. Um, you know what? I'm going to put Ricky Garrard, actually. He, uh, I think he's going to take the guys on, on the, uh, this event. So I'm going to have Emma, Emma Tal and Ricky Garrard are going to be my, uh, my picks. And then we've got Dale, which is an elimination sprint. It's becoming a bit of a trend, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. after Rogue, they really uh, have gone for this elimination style. So, you know, again, we have gymnastics coupled with uh, an odd object so it's a handstand walk sandbag bear hug carry shuttle run sandbag bear hug carry handstand walk is the sand, is the bear hug carry the way you have to carry the sandbag yes exactly yeah so in theory they have to hold it around their chest um, I haven't seen this so the definition but yes you have to hold it at your chest you can't put it over your shoulder and run um, the handstand you know it is a bit of an accumulation, you know, you do have more running here, but I, I would fancy the 90 foot sandbag bear carry, like for example, you saw you know, 200 pounds, basically there's 90 kilos for the guys. And like you saw at the games this year, um, the rope climb workout, they had that cheese curd thing. And someone like Laura Horvath, who picked it up and ran with it, um, it does make a difference if you can just literally grab that odd object and, and go quickly. The handstand walk as well. So I, I actually think you need to be good at, you know, everything kind of cliched in this one to, to, uh, to go. But there's going to be people who are quick on their hands, but if you have that combination of being able to move on the hands and then pick up the sandbag quickly, I think you're, you're good. And then the shuttle run in between will probably be the hardest place in that workout to gain much time. So who do you fancy to take this event on the women's side? Uh, Spiegel. We'll go Spiegel. And the sprinting? Um, 
the running, I don't think will be as significant. So I, I, I'm going to take that just for the, the sandbag carry. But I could be completely wrong on this one. And then on the male side, who have you got? Uh, Valna. And then there's something really scary called Echo on Fran. It sounds awful. Yes. So this is, uh, yeah, it's just going to hurt the kind of work. Although at this, at this level, the athletes are going to move quickly. Um, I think that the time here, most athletes are going to be able to go and broke and thrust as chest to bar. Uh, the main thing is going to be how quickly you can move the echo bike. So again, you know, you're moving into someone who's possibly a bit of a bigger athlete so they can uh, get the time on that bike going. This is the kind of workout that could be hard to pace. You're going to go hard. Yeah, I think we're going to see, you know, what we'll probably see is a lot of athletes go out super hard on this one and uh, crash. is a, a workout that's begging you to crash and burn, you know. Like the first round you can probably smash, but it's going to be very hard to hold on. As a coach, what would you be telling your athletes to look out for? Uh, they, well, they, need to be, they do need to be able to know their bodies quite, quite well in this one uh, because the round of 15s is probably where you're going to see the, the breakaways happen. So they, they need to know their body well enough that they're not um, going beyond the red line too early. So the first, the first echo bike they probably need to be you know, relatively comfortable, not pushing through absolute pace. So in the round of 15s, they can, they can up it. And there's always a fine line because you fall too far back, you're not going to be able to gain the time. You go too hard, you're going to fall out. So this is why it's quite an exciting workout because you are going to be riding the red line a little. Uh, you don't want to break the chest bar. You don't want to break the thruster. Um, if any of those, the Chester bars, the one to break, just because you save less time in the transition. But if you drop the bar, have to pick the bar up again, it's going to be um, quite heavy. I mean, it is, it is a little heavier, like 60, uh, 45 kilos. But, uh, but again, at this level, a, a typical rep to get 21.59 shouldn't be too bad. Also, you don't know this. Sometimes they have to move the barbell forward. So if they have to break, naturally break anyway, that might change things a little bit. There's 40 elite women and 42 elite men competing. And it's going to be super busy days for the judges. Yeah, but this is just elite, you know. This is like, what is creating? I don't know how many divisions they have. And it is nice. And then they have like adaptive divisions. They have various levels of team. They have various levels of individuals. So it's just like, I don't know how many athletes they have competing total, but uh, it's huge. So what are your podium predictions for the elite guys and gals? Yeah, so I think this is actually the interesting conversation as the overall overall winner. You know, like I have a bit of a – I've had a look through who's competing and kind of have some interesting ones. So I think Bethany Shadburn, I'm really interested to see compete. She's um, – you know, I, I was really impressed at her in the semifinals. Uh, I think she was a West Coast Classic. And she did really well there. And then she obviously didn't get to compete in the games because of COVID. So I, I'm really interested to see what she can do in Waterpalooza, especially with these workouts. You then have Danny Spiegel, who uh, I've you know, spoken with CJ um, after the games, actually. And he was, um, 
he's really excited about Danny um, and what she can do. So she's going to definitely want to keep an eye on it. And again, someone who at the games took the injury, um, falling from the rope or landing badly on the rope, kind of hurting her ankle. Uh, and then we have, so I've kind of got five on that, that list. There's Emma McKay, who um, come in at number three. She's, um, you know, she's, she's been a very consistent athlete. These workouts are good for her in theory. So I, I think that she, you know, she's someone to watch out for and can push. Um, then I suppose the biggest wild card, you know, okay, I, I will put the biggest wild card actually uh, as a Spanish girl called Oyana. Um, she won Madrid a few weeks ago, and, and with these workouts, you know, uh, I think she could have a very good job, uh, very close to podium, um, or at least push if she, you know, I don't know her that well as an athlete. She's someone new on the scene, but I think she's definitely someone who could look to uh, look to podium. And then finally, obviously, you know, you've got Sarah, who typically has liked uh, what a loser has always done well there. Probably more confident after Dubai because um, she managed to get through uninjured. So those five girls, I would say, would be my kind of uh, contenders for the podium. And the guys? So, you know, you have to have Velner up there. Um, won multiple times, done well at the games. Then I, you know, Ricky Garrard is also... You know, he did super well in Dubai, first competition back. Someone said he's been a bit unwell, but, you know, Ricky, I'm, I'm definitely going to have um, have there as someone who uh, who has the chance of podium, podiuming, if uh, that is a word. And then then you start to go to some interesting ones. You've got like Guillermo or Guillermo, um, Guy, who obviously... You know, he's got the potential to win events, which can be important. And he's, he's coming off a very good season. So a lot of people behind him, a lot of motivation. I think that could be really good. And Jason Hopper, who, you know, basically won a semifinals, was supposed to be like the man um, from that point on and hasn't really stepped into those shoes. So... You know, again, it's another opportunity for him to come out and kind of live up to that hype that got built after beating Madeiras at, at the semis. Um, he didn't have the best, uh, best games, not necessarily amazing at rogue. So let's see what he can do at Water Blueser and see if he can kind of keep that momentum going. But don't you think that sometimes people like you and me, when we're speaking about these guys, actually? Just we're just putting extra pressure on them, and maybe all the hype that was building around him actually gave him a crisis of confidence. Yeah, but I think it's the nature of it is the nature of the beast, you know. As the sport grows, you know, imagine being a football player. Um, we we started working um, uh, with a football player actually, and you know, I just look. I haven't played football since I was like five years old or something, fifteen years old or something like that, but. Um, you know, imagine the pressure that those guys face. You know, like they play like two to three times a week. Um, everyone knows exactly what they should do. You know, everyone has their opinion. Everyone's saying this guy on the team, this guy off the team. So, you know, I think, you know, the, the level of pressure for CrossFitters is, um, it is obviously a factor, 
But when you start looking at, you know, we want the sport to become bigger and more professional, and a part and parcel of that is people like us talking about the sport to spread the name. And therefore, the interesting story becomes, you know, how is this person going to do and how are they going to perform? So I kind of think it's an inherent nature of, um, of the sport growing. So I should stop worrying about his feelings, suck it up, Papa, get on with it. It's, you know, it's, it's a cruel, it's kind of a cruel world being judged on your athletic performance, but it's the, you know, ultimately the nature of the sport is, is a, and there's, there's a winning aspect to the sport, which makes it exciting, you know, uh, be it, it doesn't matter where on the podium that kind of fighting for places happens, but like, you know, when someone's going ahead, someone's going behind, and that's what makes it exciting and uh, and interesting and builds the suspense of what's going to happen. So, I think you need that. Um, that and that's. You now I think making these predictions is kind of fun. I'm sure everyone thinks in their head, you know, how's this person going to do? How's that person going to do? And and we maybe do it from a very non-judgmental. Well, we do do it from a very non-judgmental uh, place. Just uh, an interest. You know, the uh, this competition actually is quite nice because we don't have any athletes competing in the, the individual category and so you know it's very easy to have a very objective um, look at it and be like well you know it's kind of just interesting to follow along and and for us the outcome is you know whoever wins it's, it doesn't affect anything so and then finally there's a, another guy Reggie Fassa who um, who again got a lot of hype um, actually it, quarter final level I think and then never made it through at, at semi so he was someone from the UK who who had a lot of, of hype and a lot of just being spoken about so it would, it would be interesting to see if he's able to again you know someone maybe at a different level to Jason Hopper but able to step into that that position it looks like the elite men's field is more competitive um, at the top end this yeah, time than the women through the guys are, I would say the guys are more stacked than the girls um, in terms of names competing, so so yeah, the guys, the guys, you know, you make a mistake in this field and you're not going to come back. Uh, so they really do need to to perform. I don't know the exact number of workouts either, but what one mistake is probably going to be quite costly with this field. Then of course we've got the teams, and you've got some athletes competing there. Yeah, so we have um, there's where we have Julie and Sola competing uh, with Mia. Um, they've got a good shot. You know, you've got a really strong team in the Mayhem girls, um, mainly because of their experience together. You know, like those girls have competed so much, and that experience makes a difference. And then you add Haley in, who's obviously a phenomenal athlete. It makes it a very um, competitive package. But in the same side, you've got Kristen with uh, with the other girls. So what are your predictions for the teams, the girls? You know, let's put um, GoWad, which has got our girls in it, um, on the on the podium, alongside with Kristen and uh, Mayhem. And then the teams for the guys is, yet again, a strong field. Again, you know, you can't rule out Mayhem because Mayhem, Mayhem destroys everything team. And there's the brothers Smith, all three of them. Yeah, Smith, Smith brothers would be really interesting. You also got the, um, what's the name of the, uh, I think they're called the boys. It's got like Noah Olsen. Yeah, Noah Olsen, Chandler Smith, and Travis Mayer, which, you know, 
you've really got to fancy fancy those guys. So, so maybe I'm going to go for the boys, which is basically Neurosis team, Smith Brothers, and then the, the Mayhem team. Okay, well, we'll see how your predictions have panned out next week when we have another chat. Uh, have you got anything else you want to tell me about what's going on with your guys at the moment? Um, no, we're kind of in the... Uh, for us, we're in our flow of uh, really preparing. One of the reasons why we chose to not go to Waterpalooza was just to have a complete period of training, in essence. So we're in like a good training flow um, and, and just really building that kind of base for, for next season. Kind of planning things for for our athletes um, on the program for the open uh, for quarterfinals. We have a coaches conference coming up actually, where we're bringing all our coaches over over to the island um, in a few weeks. So, so we've got some fun stuff happening. But from an athlete side of things, it's basically uh, focused, head down, focus, not worry too much about anything else. Eat well, sleep well, train well, and. Uh, all right thanks john always good to talk to you and i'll speak to you next week and we shall take a little debrief of waterpalooza and have a great weekend we'll speak soon well now all i want to do is hop on a plane and go to miami but i will have to do the next best thing and watch it on youtube with the rest of you guys Coming soon, we will have some interviews with more up-and-coming European athletes, a couple of very famous names in the CrossFit world, and loads more. So until next time, thanks for listening and bye-bye. Don't miss the next episode. Subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts. Europe is Coming is a programme production and hosted by Vicky McLeod.